Hello, viewers. Once again, we're back onto the Tradnet series with Christopher Mary Namdi Onora. And I still have Reverend Father Madhu Ishong with us. And we are still continuing on the topic. The church as the mystical body of Christ and focus on how we got the Bible, part two. So Father is going to give us a breakdown. So I'll invite Father onto the screen. Okay, Father, we're back on. Thank you viewers and welcome to the program. Father, uh, kindly lead us once again in our opening prayer. So, begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Ghost, and fill the hearts of the faithful, and enkindle them the fires of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and they shall be and thou shalt be the face of the earth. Let us pray, O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, this is to the hearts of the faithful, granted by the same Holy Spirit, who may be always to the wise and evermore rejoice in his consolation to save Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Pater Noste, Quies in Celis, Sanctificetum Nomen Tum, Adveniat Renum Tum, Fia Voluntas Tua, Sicut in Celo et in Terra, Panem Nostrum Quotidianum Danubis Hodie. Et dimite nobis, debita nostra. Sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris. Et ne nos inducas in tentationem. Sed liberanos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gracia plena. Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu mulieribus. Et benedictus, fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Santa Maria, Mate Dei. Ora pro nobis peccatoribus. Nunc et in oramotis nostre. Amen. Okay, we're right back. So, Father, let's go straight to this topic. Thank you, viewers. And um, as I promised, we are going to continue, or rather, we are going to give now direct quotations from the um, Decretum Galicianum, the Libris, the Chiefendis, and Non-Chiefendis, that the decree of Pope Galatius on the books to be received and those not to be received. This is a document that showed that by, by which the Bible was, was canonized officially. Uh, in the church for all the christian for the christian church for the catholic church before ever uh, there was a break many many years later on so i'm going to give quotations from the decree and then at the end of each section 
I will give some explanation. The decree starts with here begins the Council of the Document of the Council of Rome under Pope Damasius on the explaining explaining the fate. It was said, however, the dispensation of Christ has a name of many forms. God who is spirit, the word who is God, the son who is the only begotten of the father, the man who was born of the virgin, the priest who offered himself as a sacrifice, the shepherd who is the guard, the worm who rose from the dead, the mountain which is strong, the way which is straight, the harbor which one, which one may pass through into life, the lamb who was slain, the stone which is the cornerstone, the master who is the bringer of life, the son which is the illuminator, the truth which is of the father, the life which is the creator, the bread which is dear, the Samaritan who is the God and the merciful, the Christ who is the anointed one, Jesus who is the savior, God who is from God, the messenger who was sent, the bridegroom who is the mediator, the vine by whose own blood we are redeemed, the lion who is the king, the rock which is the foundation, the flower which is chosen, the prophet who revealed the future. My comment is this first section is the description of the various titles or designations applied to our Lord Jesus Christ to express his divine and human natures as applicable to his actions and works of redemption. Then the document continues. Likewise, it is said, now indeed the issue of the divine scriptures must be discussed, which the universal Catholic Church receives or which it is required to avoid. This is the order of the Old Testament. Genesis, one book. Exodus, one book. Leviticus, one book. Numbers, one book. Deuteronomy, one book. Joshua, one book. Judges, one book. Ruth, one book. Kings, four books. Chronicles, two books. 150 Psalms, one book. Three books of Solomon, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, The Same of Wisdom, one book, Ecclesiasticus, one book. Likewise, the order of the prophets, Isaiah, one book, Jeremiah with the Synod, that is the Lamentations, one book, Ezekiel, one book, 
Daniel, one book. Hosea, one book. Amos, one book. Micah, one book. Joel, one book. Obadiah, one book. Jonah, one book. Nahum, one book. Habakkuk, one book. Zephaniah, one book. Haggai, one book. Zechariah, one book. Malachi, one book. Likewise, the order of the book of the historical books, Job, one book, Tobit, one book, Ezra, one book, Esther, one book, Judith, one book, Maccabees, two books. My comment is the above are the selected books of the Old Testament approved as canonical and included in the Catholic Bible. The last seven books are not included in the Jewish Old Testament Bible, but the church judged them to be inspired because they, um, they were written on very salient and historical um, aspect of the Jewish history. So they were added among the canonized books in the New Testament, in the Catholic Bible. Likewise, they, then we'll continue with the document. Likewise, the order of the scriptures of the New Testament with the Holy and Catholic Roman Church upholds as is venerated. Four books of the Gospels. According to Matthew, one book. According to Mark, one book. According to Luke, one book. According to John, one book. Likewise, the Acts of the Apostles, one book. The letters of the Apostle Paul, 14 in number. Letter to Romans, one book. To the Corinthians, two books. To Ephesians, one book. To Thessalonians, two books. To Galatians, one book. To Philippians, one book. To Colossians, one book. To Timothy, two books. To Titus, one book. To Philemon, one book. To Hebrews, one book. Likewise, the Apocalypse of John, one book. Likewise, the Chronicle, that is the Catholic letters in Numbers, there are seven in number. Of the Apostle Peter, two books. Of the Apostle James, one book. Of the Apostle John, one book. Of the other John the Elder, two books. Of the Apostles Judas, that is Jude, the Zealot, one book. Here ends the canon of the New Testament. Comment. The above is a selected books of the New Testament that we are proved as canonical and contained in the Holy Bible according to the document, the decree of Pope Galatius. All the teachings of the Catholic Church are based on these books of the Holy Scriptures. Another part of the, of the decree. Here begins the decretal on the books to be received and not to be received, which was written by Pope Galatius and 70 most erudite bishops at the apostolic seat in the city of Rome. After all these writings, the prophets and evangelicals and apostles, apostolic scriptures, which we discuss above, 
on which the Catholic Church is founded by the grace of God. We also have thought it necessary to say that although the Universal Catholic Church diffused throughout the world is the single bride of Christ, however, the Holy Roman Church is given first place by the rest of the churches without the need for a synodal decision. But from the voice of the Lord our Savior in the gospel obtained primacy. When our Lord said to Peter, You are Peter, he said, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And to you I give the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound also in heaven. And whatever you shall release on earth will be released in heaven. In addition, there is also the presence of the blessed apostle Paul, the chosen vessel, who is not in opposition as the heresies jabber, but on the same date and the same day was crowned in glorious death with Peter in the city of Rome, suffering under Nero Caesar. And equally, they made the above-mentioned Holy Roman Church special in Christ the Lord and gave preference in their presence and veneration, worded triumph before all these cities in the whole world. I comment. Here, the document gives the reason why the Church of Rome, or that the See of St. Peter, is given the privilege of primacy among all the churches in the world. So what we call a church is any church that is governed by, the, by a bishop, which we now call the diocese. So the diocese of Rome has a primacy because of the fact that it was established by Peter, who was the first, the, the head of the apostles, and also it was in Rome that both he and St. Paul, the, the apostle of the Gentiles, were martyred. So this is why the Church of Rome has uh, prominence over all the churches around the world. This is because it is the place of martyrdom of both the apostle Peter and Paul. Both men were killed on the same spot at the Vatican Hill in Rome, where the Basilica of St. Peter stands today. This is why the Church of Rome is designated as the mother of churches. Then the, the document continues. Therefore, first is the seat of the Roman Church of the Apostle Peter, having no spots, wrinkle, or any defect. However, the second place was given in the name of the blessed Peter to mark his disciples and gospel writer at Alexandria, and who himself wrote down the words of truth directed by Peter the apostle in Egypt and gloriously consummated his life in martyrdom. 
Indeed, the third place is given at Antioch of the most blessed and honorable apostle Peter, who lived there before he came to Rome, and where first the name of the new race of the Christians were heard. That is, where the, the Christians were given the name Christians. And although no other foundation can be established except that which has been established by Christ Jesus, however, for edification, likewise, the Holy Roman Church, after the books of the Old and New Testament, which we have, which we have enumerated above, according to the canon, also does not prohibit the reception of these writings. The Holy Synod of Nicaea of 318 fathers, chaired by the Emperor Constantine the Great, at which the heretic Arius was condemned. The Holy Synod of, the Constant of Constantinople, chaired by Theo Theodosius, the senior Augustus at which the heretic Macedonius escaped his deserved condemnation. The Holy Synod of Ephesus at which Nestorius was condemned with the consent of the blessed Pope Celestinus, cheered by Cyril of Alexandria in the magistrate seat and by Arcadius, the bishop sent from Italy. The Holy Synod of Chalcedon, cheered by Marcian Augustus and by Antonius, bishop of Constantinople, at which the Nestorian and Eutychian heresies, together with Dioscorus and his sympathizers, were condemned. My comment. The above are the four major councils that sat to discuss the authentic doctrine of the Catholic Church, including the books that should be accepted in the books of the Bible. In both councils, bishops and some other individuals, including priests who preached false doctrines, were condemned and deposed. Then the document mentioned as below, some other lesser regional councils that discuss similar topics. Their decisions were also taken into consideration. The decrees also says the document of the councils are worthy to be read and studied by Catholics in order to enhance our faith. But also, if there are councils hitherto held by the Holy Fathers of lesser authority than those four, we have decreed that they must be both kept and received. Here, added below, is on the works of the Holy Fathers, which are received in the Catholic Church. Then the, the document continues. 
Likewise, the works of blessed Chechilius Cyprian, the martyr and bishop of Carthage. Likewise, the works of blessed Gregory Nazianzus. Likewise, of the works of the the blessed Basil, bishop of Cappadocia. Likewise, the works of blessed John, bishop of Constantinople. Likewise, the works of blessed Theophilus, bishop of Alexandria. Likewise, the works of blessed Cyril, bishop of Alexandria. Likewise, the works of blessed Bishop Hilary of Hostias. Likewise, the works of blessed Ambrosius, Bishop of Milan. Likewise, the works of Blessed Augustine, Bishop of Hippo. Likewise, the works of Blessed Jerome, the priest. Likewise, the works of Blessed Prosper, a most religious man. Likewise, the letter of Blessed Popilio sent to Flavian, Bishop of Constantinople, of which text, however, if any portion is disputed, and it is not that anciently received by all, let it be anathema. Likewise, the works and every treatise of the Orthodox Fathers who deviated not in nothing from the common teaching of the Holy Roman Church, neither separated from its faith or worship, but remained in communion with the grace of God to the last day of their life, we decree that their work shall be read. Likewise, the decret, the decretal official letters which blessed popes gave for the consideration of various fathers at various times from the city of Rome are to be upheld reverently. Then my comment. When we talk about tradition of the church, we refer to other books written by eminent popes, bishops, priests, and pious men of the first two centuries of Christianity. These people wrote from what they heard and learned from the disciples of the and the apostles, and their, their writings were used to refute heresies and erroneous teachings and explain the true doctrine of the church. But their writings were not included in the, uh, the Bible because it didn't meet the categories. So these are some other writings. That these are the, the ones we call the traditions, which are kept solidly with the church. We make reference to them. Priests, uh, our, our priests have their some of these writings in the breviary, which we read every day according to the period of time. So it's not just the Bible, the Catholic faith and the doctrine is not just based on the Bible that we have, that have been canonized, but on these other writings of popes, bishops, and priests who were eminent in their teachings. Then the document continued to talk about other documents that should be read for the elevation of our faith. And it continues and says, likewise, the deeds of the holy martyrs who are glorious from the manifold tortures on the track on the wrath and their wonderful trials of steadfastness, who of the Catholics doubts that most of them 
would be enduring still in agonies with their full strength, but would bear it by the grace of God and the help of everyone. But according to old custom, by the greatest caution, they are not read in the Holy Roman Church because the names of those who wrote are not properly known and separate from unbelievers and idiots or, or the accounts that are thought less attached to the other events than they should have been. For instance, the accounts of Syracuse, the Julitite, the God Jews, and the sufferings of others like these, which appear to have been composed by heretics. On account of this, as it was said, so that no pretext for casual mockery can arise. They are not read in the Holy Roman Church. However, we venerate together with the aforesaid church all the matters and their glorious sufferings, which were well known to God and men with every devotion. Likewise, the lives of the fathers, Paul, Anthony, and Hilarion, which with all the hymns described by that blessed man, Jerome, we receive with honor. Likewise, the acts of the blessed Sylvester, Bishop of, of the Apostolic See, although the name of him wrote although the name of him who wrote it is unknown, but we know to be read by many Catholics, however, in the city of Rome, and because of the ancient use of the multitude, this is imitated by the church. Likewise, the writings of the findings of the cross and certain other novel writings on the finding of the head of the blessed John, the Baptist, are romances and some of them are read by Catholics. But when these come into the hand of Catholics, the saying of Paul, the blessed apostle, should be considered first. What he said, prove all things, hold fast to what is good. Likewise, Rufinus, a most religious man, wrote many books of ecclesiastical works, also some interpreting the scriptures, but since the venerable Jerome noted that he took arbitrary liberties in some of them, we think these acceptable, which we know the aforesaid blessed Jerome thought to be acceptable and not only those of Rufinus, but also those of anyone whom the man often remembered for his zeal for God and for religion of the faith criticized. Likewise, some works of origin, who is blessed, blessed man, Jerome does not reject. Sorry, likewise, some of the books of origin, which the blessed man, Jerome, 
does not reject, receive to be read, but we say that the rest with their authors must be refused. Likewise, the chronicle of Eusebius of Caesarea and the books of his church history, whoever much, however much he fell flat in the first book of his narration, and although he also afterwards wrote one book in praise and the excuse of origin, the systematic, however, on account of his narration of remarkable things which are useful for instruction, we do not say to anyone that it must be refused. Likewise, we praise Orosius, a most erudite man who wrote a very necessary history for us against the calumnies of the pagans and with marvelous brevity. Likewise, the pastoral work of the venerable man, Sedulius, which was written in heroic verses, which we call hexameters, we give preference to with manifest praise. Likewise, the laborious work of Juvencus, we nevertheless do not spawn, but are amazed by my comments. The above group of recognition, recognized writings are those of the category of Catholic witnesses and historians. Those who wrote and compiled the history of the Catholic Church and the lives of, the, of those who died for the faith in Christ, that's the matters that we are called the Matriology. Then is the lives of the saints, of the saintly men, who lived very devout and heroic lives, some of them in the desert as monks, according to the teachings of the gospels, as they had as they had them, as they had had them or read them. And that they were interpreted by the fathers and doctors of the church. These documents called the lives of the saints are also considered as witnesses to the faith, and so are recommended to be read by the faithful, so they can emulate them. They are always used for private or community readings or reflections in religious houses and seminaries, Catholic schools or Christian gatherings. And the Christians are encouraged to read the Bible as the word of God but they must also read these writings of those who lived closer to the apostles and their disciples, as well as those who lived the life of the Bible teaching. And we are prominent and lived a prominent and heroic life. And now, who are rejoicing now in the heavenly glory. So when the church condemns the idea of Sola Scriptura, which holds that anyone can achieve heaven simply by reading the, the Bible alone, it is simply saying that do these other books and documents that we are approved alongside with the books of the Bible, 
but not treated as canonical, contains teachings and knowledge that will help believers in Christ to achieve heaven. No student can ever achieve his or her degree by simply reading one text, one textbook, or even a, a few approved textbooks. Hence, the church says that for anyone to know fully the truth of what our Lord Jesus Christ taught, and you must read the Bible, but to know how those who believed in him understood and practiced what he taught and preached, you must read these other approved books classified under tradition. Hence, we have scripture and tradition as a source of true doctrine of the Christian Catholic Church. There are many writings which have been compiled or been recognized by heretics or schismatics. The Catholic and Apostolic Roman Church does not in any way receive of these we have taught it right to cite below a few which have been handed down and which are there to be avoided by Catholics. So in this session, it was talking about some of the, the books we call the apocryphals, which either were written by people who were condemned as heretics or schismatics and the rest of them. But I don't think we need to know this one. Our point, our important, the most important thing is for us to know the origin of what the, of what we call the Bible and other books which are not included in the Bible that the church recommends that we, we the, the Christians, should read in order to uh, know the faith better from those who wrote what our Lord taught to those who they taught and to those who um, um, wrote down, who read what these uh, other people have taught and those who have from them, you know, from their ears and saw them. So what they wrote is very, very beneficial for our salvation. And therefore, we should study them. It is these ones that are not in the Bible that we call the tradition. But priests and religious read them. The thing is that most of our faithful, um, because they don't have a all the time, they find it difficult to uh, make out and they don't have all these books available. But fortunately, most of these writings are now in the internet. Some people made the effort and got them, downloaded them, and then have them there for us to access them whenever we, we want. Now, we know that the Bible is divided into chapters and verses. How did they come about? Many people don't ask because that is why people say, if you, don't know, if you do not know the history, the origin of something, or how something started, you will never get a true knowledge of it. So I want to talk here about the division of the Bibles into chapters and verses. One other important point is about the division of the Bible into chapters and verses. Just as the Bible did, did went through a rigorous process of selection and approval, 
the division into chapters and verses was not done by the writers. St. Luke, St. Mark, even those in the Old Testament, they didn't write uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, even Moses, and the rest of them. They didn't divide the Bible, what they wrote, into chapters and verses. It was done much, much later. So they just wrote what, what they had, like the world, we, the, the way we write any novel or any book or any document. That's how the Bibles or the, the episodes or whatever, uh, the books or the Bibles and episodes we are, we, are, we are got. But after a final collection, the Bible was read the way they were written by the authors without divisions. It was around the year AD 1227, that's the 13th century, that the Catholic bishop, the Catholic Archbishop of Canterbury, Bishop Stephen Langton himself, divided the New Testament Bible into chapters and verses. Later on in 18, 1382, about 155 years later, John Wycliffe applied the division to his own translation of the English Bible. The division was introduced into the Old Testament Bible in AD 1448 by a Jewish rabbi called Nathan. Then in AD 1555, Robert Etienne, also known as Stephanus, became the first to divide the New Testament into standard numbered verses using Nathan's division. His pattern became the standard. So these are the people, all Catholics, who, except for the Jewish rabbi, who sat down and then divided the Bible, first of all, into chapters, and later on, they were divided into verses. That's why we can say Matthew chapter 3, verse this, Luke chapter 4, verse this. Needless to mention that the books of the Bible were originally written in Hebrew and Greek, the spoken language of the time. It was St. Jerome, the erudite priest, the great biblical scholar, who did the first translation of these, from these languages into Latin, which was the official language of the Roman Empire then. This was known as the Vulgate. Then the first English translation was drawn later on in the city of Reims in France. That's what we call the, the Reims version of the Bible, or Dua Reims. We do not intend to go into the problem of multiple versions of the Holy Bible as we have them today. Our interest simply is that to demonstrate that the Catholic Church owns the Bible and was responsible for its collection, canonization, edition, first translation from the original, and even division into verses, chapters, and verses. The various Protestant and evangelical groups should know the history of their own versions of the Bible, who revised them, who translated them, who wrote them, who printed them, and why they did those. Any non-Catholic Christian should be courageous enough to compare his Bible with the original Catholic Bible to see the missing books, chapters, and verses of the ones 
pretend to seek the truth is the only way to salvation because the Lord said the truth shall make you free. And this is the much I will have for you for now. So until um, the next episode, I want to thank you listeners. And uh, I pray that those who are listening to this should open their mind and open their heart towards the truth. Are you possible? After listening it, you pray and ask our Lord, where is the truth? So we are not just uh, making up this, but we are going from history because a lot of people will read things, we read the Bible, we live try the Christian Bible. We don't know the history of our faith, the history of our religion from the time of Christ until wherever uh, we wherever we find ourselves. Father has taken us through as regards the Bible and um, how we got the Bible. We'll still be treating one more episode on uh, this topic, the church as the mystical body of Christ. So Father will be back again. And Father will still be back with us um, subsequently for more you know, episodes of this uh, webcast. So um, so we'll come your way again next week. I say, don't forget once again to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe to us on other platforms as well. ChrisNet TV. And Father, please kindly give us a closing blessing. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, viewers, and good night, good evening, and good morning, from wherever you are watching us. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you, Father, and thank you all for joining us for the sub-broadcast. Until we come your way back next week, remain blessed all. Precious blood of Jesus Christ, save, save us. 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 Amen. Amen.